Blog Talk Radio. And welcome to Ammo Art Chat. I'm Linda Sisler, and tonight we have with us master artist Scott Christensen, and we're really looking forward to this this evening. And if the uh, chat in the green room, the chatter that we had in the green room, was anything like what it's going to be like on the show tonight, you're going to have a great time. So, um, with that, let me go over a few things that I'd like to talk about. Then we'll bring um, the two co-hosts in, and also Scott in, and start the show. Uh, our next show will be on August 15th. And we will have uh, Joe McGurl with us and Michael Pierce. And it's kind of an East Coast meet West, meets West Coast um, type of show where we're going to talk about the two push for, if you want to call it a renaissance, uh, for the 21st century art. We're going to be talking a little bit about that. We're going to talk to Joe about some of the lectures and talks that he's been giving lately. Um, we're still in the process of nailing down everything we're going to talk to talk about on that show. So stay tuned. And um Feel free to follow us um, up on the left-hand corner, I believe it is. There's a little follow button. So if you are listening to us for the first time, feel free to follow us there or sign up for one of the newsletters out at uh, ammoartistmentorsonline.com or on my website, which is lindasisler.com. And then in September, we're going to launch a special series of show interviews. We've been invited to broadcast live from the Representational Art Conference out in California. And we're going to start a special series of shows that will uh, lead us up to that uh, conference, which is in May. I'm sorry, which is in March um, of 2014. And then in addition to that, we'll have our regularly scheduled third Thursday of the month show and I'm in the process of lining up the folks that will be uh, joining us on that one. So we may have a pretty good announcement coming out probably in a couple weeks of who our guests will be in the in the fall season. So keep an eye out for that as well. And just another point that I wanted to cover, the Ammo Painting Challenge group, the new painting challenge is up. It has to do with composition. A shout-out to my friend Jesse who, who posted that this afternoon. So thank you, Jesse, for doing that. Um, if you want to be a member of that group, you need to ask to join. And it's out on the Facebook page. It's Ammo Painting Challenge. Just search for that. You should be able to find it, and we'll be happy to welcome you into the group. So with that, let's uh, get this show on the road. And I want to bring in uh, Blanche McAllister-Harris, who's one of my co-hosts. Hi, Blanche. How are you doing t- this evening? Hey, Linda. I'm doing well. I've... Um been busy uh, painting over the last month. I went out to New Mexico for a couple of weeks. I was actually out there plein air painting with our other co-host, Barbara. Uh Um, And I got back from that all fired up to paint more, so I've been busy with that. Oh, great. So I'll bring in Barbara. Uh, Well, I've I've actually been painting a pet commission from um, someone asked me to paint their... their, uh, dog, so a little beagle. So I've been painting on that and then um, actually started teaching as part of the Artist Network University, started teaching a course on that this month as well. So I've been pretty busy. Mm-hmm. Art-related stuff, it's all good. <laughs> That's exciting. And, uh, good. Yeah. 
Yeah, and that was Scott. So let me bring Barbara in first. Say hi, Barbara. This is Barbara Coleman. Hello. Um, we're doing all well here, and I loved hanging with Blanche a couple weeks ago, and uh, we're actually preparing ourselves to head up to Victor and paint with Scott next week at a workshop. So I'm really excited about that. Yeah, so so Scott, you have a workshop coming up this coming week, huh? Uh, what date is it, Barbara? I think it's first on <laughs> what, Sunday. What, what's the date? What's the date? On Sunday? Today, on Sunday, Sunday, 18th. Yeah. Okay. I All sure right. hope so because that's when I'm planning on showing up. Okay. I think he's pulling okay. your leg. So, <laughs> I, really, I don't want to miss really any part it. of it, so I'm really hoping it doesn't start, you know, on Saturday and I made a mistake. Right, right. <laughs> I make myself nervous just wondering what dates or what because you know, <laughs> anyway, anyway. So I think no, we're good. So I think it's Sunday. Okay. Okay. Yep. I so, actually one day at a time. Yeah, that sounds good. <laughs> so, so Scott, welcome to the show, and um, we're really glad that that you're here with us this evening. And um, like I said, we're really looking forward to to talking with you. Um, I can actually, would you like me to give a little rundown? I kind of stole some stuff off of your website. Um, I'd be happy to to read that introduction if you'd like me to, or we yeah, can jump right into you. the interview. Okay. Well, let me read it's it real all- quick. Okay. So I have, after ne- nearly three decades at the Eagle, Scott Christensen is recognized around the globe as evident by his recent invitation to a show in Russia's Ilya Rapin St. Petersburg State Academic Institute for Painting, Sculpture, and Architecture. I don't think they could possibly make that school name any longer, or that whatever it is. <laughs> his energy flows through his work, painting. Um, Moving us to open your eyes to the beauty of places as varied as the California coast at twilight and the storied English countryside, the luscious yet economical landscapes that beg to be explored. They are, excuse me. Over the years, he has uh, pursued painting with the discipline he once brought to sports, the atypical combination of athleticism, scholarly curiosity, and an ardent desire to experience nature became the alchemy of his success. Although finished at the easel, most of his paintings begin as plein air studies. They end up in prestigious galleries, museum shows, as well as in major collections. So with that, Scott, welcome. And I'm going to throw the first question over to Blanche. Oh, thank you, Linda. Um, Mm -hmm. Scott, before we jump into the the topic tonight of coming up with new ideas, I'd like to have a little discussion about the phrase consistent body of work. Um, I think this will play into our discussion around new ideas and giving us freedom to explore. In your introduction, Linda listed the variety of uh, different types of paintings that you you paint. We artists hear the phrase consistent body of work, and sometimes it can have many meanings. So to frame our conversation a little bit, can you tell us what the phrase consistent body of work means to you? It doesn't necessarily mean the same theme or subject. Is that correct? I don't know. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Okay, got you guys off. You guys are all looking at each other. No, well, you're not there. Okay. Um, (laughs) 
No, but Blanche is not. Well, I may have to go administer CPR to Blanche right about now. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Well, uh, I think, uh, I, you know, the consistent body of work means if you're going to put something out, I, I'll maybe put out, I mean, I, I'm realizing I put out one of maybe 30 paintings. And it's um, it's just the way it is. I mean, I just don't like them. And if I don't like them, I don't put them out. If I can't live with them, I won't put them out. Uh-huh. And that's that's my consistent body of work. So do you it's more, more about the uh, quality of the work? Yeah, it's quality. It doesn't matter the subject. It doesn't matter anything. Yeah. Just It's about if the painting works or not. And if the paintings work, you know, Sometimes you're going to get more of a certain subject, but you just happen to be yeah. going then. But I'd like yeah. variety. I always have to have variety. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that tells us a lot. Um, if you only put one out of 30, <laughs> I'll right. have to, uh, yeah, yeah that, that uh, will get me looking at my paintings a little bit harder. <laughs> and that's all I do <laughs> is go, anyway, go ahead. <laughs> no, I was going to say, it sounds like you have a, a a set of criteria, and maybe it's very yeah. subconscious at this point, but you go through and say, this one's worthy, this one's not, and so you're very, very selective with that before you mm-hmm. decide to publish it. Well, I've, I've learned that, um, and actually appreciate the fact that when I start doing a painting, and I think it's going the right way. And I think it's what I want out there. That's great with me. It's going to show up on the resale market at some point. Maybe. Mm-hmm. And it, it usually does. Not always, but um, I just think I want to I want to make sure that everything that goes out of here is something I can live with. Mm-hmm. And that, <clears throat> that's just a a standard I have, and I have to have that because... That's just who I am. I don't know. Can't change that. It's it's changed through the years, though. In the early stages, I used to um, just paint and paint and paint and paint. And if I could mm-hmm. sell anything for $150 times 10, all of them, that'd be great. But um, I, I just have to now. I'm working for me, which is the hardest part. Is and the most fun is trying to come up with the creative things that really excite me or not. If they don't excite me, I'm just off of it. I'm off of it. Just get off of it. So, do you have a list or is it something in your just in your head that you when you uh, critique your own work that you go through? Is this Blanche? Oh yes, I'm sorry. <laughs> yes. Okay. No. I'm, <laughs> Um, do I have a no, no, it's just gotta have I want I I want you to look at the painting and not feel there's any technique there. I want you to feel that there's just a painting in front of you and it's an emotional experience and you can't do that too early, you know. Edgar Payne mm-hmm. said you have to have the balance between knowledge and enthusiasm. Mm-hmm. And if you get the knowledge first it's just kind of academic. Let's get the Enthusiasm first is just um, 
like a bad enthusiastic golf swing. <laughs> you know, looks yeah, looks bad, everybody yeah. knows it. And, yeah. And <laughs> even if you're not a golfer, you know a bad swing. You look at it and go, wow, that was fun. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but the combination is what you're trying to combine. Mm-hmm. The enthusiasm and knowledge, and that's where it all comes together, hopefully. And the enthusiasm, I guess a lot of that is coming over from, from all the plein air painting that you do. Yes. The emotional yeah, response. Mm-hmm. Yep. Sorry, yeah. go ahead. Oh, I was just thinking the uh, the studies that you do, the emotions that you have when you're out there in the wind and the the elements um, come through on those plein air paintings. Um, they do. Sometimes I well, start to transfer into a studio painting. It is, but it's a much different thing. It's a much more different thing, I'm sorry. Um, they, I mean, trying to develop a painting is a totally different thing than painting outdoors. And I I think painting outdoors has been one of the most important things in my entire life, although I think that it's become a means to an end to some people. And I, I, don't, I can't, including myself at one point, and I can't justify or get good work done just primarily outdoors. I've got to go out there, I've got to go out there, I've got to go out there. I'd rather do three starts, three starts in the painting and get the information, get the idea together, then try to compose it, then try to make a painting out of it. And that's what they did in history. They didn't try to just always make paintings outdoors. Mm -hmm. I I think that's... I so agree with what you just said, Scott, that um, if I was outside trying to plain air paint and trying to create a painting that I think would reach my standard to sell, um, Mm -hmm. the pressure alone to do that would take the enjoyment of being outside and just trying to capture what's in front of me away. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah. Barbara, do you want to, do you have a question you want to? Jump in with? Yeah. Well, I was also just thinking about um, having been fortunate enough to see Scott paint. And um, mm-hmm. when you're painting outdoors and you'll get a start and there's there's a real excitement in the painting. And then, um, you know, I've seen you kind of compose on site. So you're gathering information and ideas as you're painting, but you're not always just painting what's in front of you. I mean, you're pulling. No. You're, you you have this amazing sense of design where you're you're pulling in elements that aren't just right there, but you're balancing the composition that you're painting, and um, it's a beautiful thing to watch. It's it's exciting, and you know the bush might be like half a mile outside of your main scene, but you 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 right. um, are real aware of placement and balance and the design. Um. Well, I. That's important composition. Um, you know, you look at any painting when you're starting to paint it. You look at the whole subject and you say, what is it that motivates me to paint this? And yeah. you, you feel like, what? okay, so you got to have spacing, design. You know, if you're looking at aspen tree trunks, you're going, okay, how many do I put in here and where do I put them? You, you don't place them the same space apart, and uh, light versus shadow has got to be equal, unequally 
distributed, sorry, you have to mm-hmm. figure out a way to place things that are not boring. They're just, they always add to the interest. So every line's got to be interesting, every mass, every space, every negative space. And what you're, you're talking about something that I've done forever, and what I love about what you're asking or saying, Barbara, is it, mm-hmm. it? it's about, it's not about painting that perfect scene right in front of you. It's mm-hmm. about communicating what you want to communicate. What is mm-hmm. it that in this that I want to communicate to the viewer? And I want to add certain elements to uh, support that. And it might be a bush from over in the right that's not there. I just pull it in. Mm-hmm. I can transplant that because it's not a it's not a figurative piece. It's not a has the eyes have to be here and the nose has to be there. I, I can right. extrapolate on um, the varieties that are out there and give it a more abstract look and do the things I want to do to show people small corners of the whole world. Mm-hmm. That's what I try to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it it, it really is, um, we were talking earlier that all of this is such a visual language that it's really hard to verbalize it. But especially if you get to see um, Scott paint, it's just an incredible thought process that, that appears. Um, it's really kind of indescribable, but, but it becomes a very visceral learning experience of of how to, um, how to respond directly in the present to to basically the world and you you have so much more freedom to paint what's out there um than we often give ourselves you know because you're not just trying to yeah. represent that scene and that's something that I've learned from from watching him paint um it's been an amazing kind of uh epiphany so um yeah yeah, and, and Scott, you're in a really wonderful position with your teaching and and the position that you have in the art world to see what is being produced by artists today. And a lot of these artists are your personal friends, and we've had some of them on the show, like CW and Kevin McPherson and Kwon Ko, um, to name a few. And what what they have said often is that, you know, we already there already is a CW, there's already a Kevin, there's already a Kwon, there's already a Scott and that we need to find our own style, our own voice. Um, we need to be original. Um, and so within the realm of representational art, um, and we're trying to, to frame our talk on coming up with new ideas, uh, we were wondering what your perspective is on the art that you are seeing today. Do you think that there's a lot of diversity out there of subjects and ideas? Are we talking about other artists, you know? That's what yes. we're talking about, right? Um, uh-huh. The other art, the other art that's being produced, I mean, I think people are forced to. I think uh, the American public needs originality. They want that. Mm-hmm. They want to see, they want to see people step up and show them something new. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm seeing that. Not always, but with the artists, the artists that just 
have that in their soul. It it comes through. It does come through. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's, well, I was just looking at um, Andrew Loomis's book on on um, illustration, and one of the things that he was saying is, your individuality is your greatest asset. So mm-hmm. don't cut any corners, you know. <laughs> just draw. Do okay. the hard work. Put in the time. I said that. I was um, Andrew, Andrew Loomis. I was yep. quoting from yep. from. Yeah, from something I just read about, you know, you doesn't do any good to to um, copy anybody else's style or take shortcuts with the drawing or anything else, but that your individuality and your your personality is your greatest asset. Yeah, well, I hope so. I hope so. I'm, I'm trying to communicate again. Then it's got to be a communication communicating process that um, one set of eyes to another. And if that doesn't happen, I've missed. But it's not going to yeah. happen every time with everybody. So, you know, I, I, I can't be concerned about that either. I've got to communicate what I want to and try to put that on canvas. And <clears throat> that's been the biggest mystery and the hardest thing I'm going through right now. Say, say that again, Scott. What's the hardest thing that you're going through right now? Just trying to communicate what I want to say and in the uh, way okay. I want to say it. And the way I want to say it. And because it's gotta be uh, it's gotta be understood. But it doesn't it doesn't have to be understood. It's not gonna be understood by all, you know. I'm not trying mm-hmm. to be abstract just to be crazy. I'm trying to be abstract in the way I apply things so that I can vary the technique in it. Okay. And I didn't know that. Didn't know that until this year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. One of the one of the things that I was thinking about when you were talking with Barbara and with Blanche was that through our journey, our artistic life, we have a lot of different stages that we go through. You know, learning the technical things. And yes. Then you know we just we we get to the point where we okay, enough of that, I have to find the me that's a part of this. And and I think there's a lot of giving yourself permission to create and to fail. Um, And and I think that when you reach that stage, that particular part, the part where you actually liberate yourself and give yourself that permission is when you start finding the me in your painting. Yep. Okay, do you agree? Okay. I do. Kind of like, well, I, I do, but I go ahead finish that. No, go, no, 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 no. Go ahead. No, I wanted you to talk. So, your turn. <laughs> the me, the me, the me in the painting. I mean, it's kind of like handwriting. I, I always look. You know, we always had that handwriting. Everybody's got to do the certain angle, you know, and but to, and you get graded accordingly. But mm-hmm. we all have such different handwriting, and right. we're always coming up with new handwriting as artists where that makes us our own. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> you can't you can't try to just be authentic. Um you're not gonna be authentic at all. Yeah. I think you have to work and work and work and then from that comes the authenticity. I yeah. 
I don't think you can just force that. Uh, I uh, I kind of segued, haven't I? No, that's okay. okay. I, I, I do that. We all love the kind of discussions. <laughs> so, okay. No, no, you're fine. Uh, I mean, what, one of the thoughts when you were talking about the handwriting was um, if we go back and look right. at our handwriting through the years as we grow up, we start looking yep. at printing. You know, we printed our names and you know, in real big crayons when we were in kindergarten, you know, or first grade, so we're printing yep. our name, and then we learn how to write cursively. And even that still looks a lot like the technical cursive that you're taught. Of course, they don't teach that today, I don't think, but or some schools are doing away with it. But, you know, then, yep. then as we get into our teenage years, you know, we start to develop that new style of, of handwriting, like in high school or so, where we want to be expressive. We want to start expressing ourselves. And if I think back on my signature... It's different today than it is than it was, you know, ten, fifteen years ago. Yeah. So even your handwriting is progressing. Mine's a lot like messier now because I worked in the corporate <laughs> world and you had to take really quick notes. But you know, so you know, and yeah, yeah, progressing you know, is, really, is one word. Yeah, <laughs> if it's progressing, I'm not sure about that. So um, <laughs> I just um, got the edited edited version on some of them, but you know, yeah. you just. The interesting thing is that we don't we don't do things the same. We just keep changing, and I'm right. so surprised with uh, the number of things that change the way I see, that change the way I look at things, and and uh, I'm amazed at what comes up in life and what you see and what you don't see and how you see it. Mhm. Yeah. 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 And then I think there's, and maybe it's just me. And this is, and then we're still segwaying, seg, segwaying here away from the conversation. But I, we'll bring it back around here in a second. But I really feel like there is a lot of pressure out there to, and I'll probably fumble this, but there seems to be a lot of pressure out there to be accepted whether that would be accepted through any type of reward type of thing or award, you know, to be awarded a, a prize or something like that. So there's like this constant pressure of, of that acknowledgement and then, you know, this underlying pressure of I want to find me in the paintings, I want to, you know, really be able to do this. And it, it's really kind of interesting because I, I think in some cases the pressure of being acknowledged is uh, maybe overshadowing the pressure of being ourselves and being expressive. Yeah. Yeah. And, I do And it's so. really kind of, yeah, and, and I think it's kind of funny because if we would step back and just express ourselves, we might be surprised about what happens around the acknowledgement. <laughs> yeah, that's a well, lot. Yeah. Also, the interesting, interesting thing about, I think, our lives is that um, technology has come in so much that you can hardly get anybody's attention. I mean, they're, they're faces <laughs> in their cell phones. They're, That's true. What? And yeah, when you're watching, when you're interviewing or talking to somebody, they're looking at their cell phone at the same time. And I, I can't do two <laughs> things at once well. I know that. Mm-hmm. I can barely do one thing. Um, <laughs> I don't. I don't. I don't understand how we can actually 
make our way with 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 that that version of things. It's so fast, so moving, it's so uh just makes us bipolar, you know, we're just going, What in the hell just happened? Well, you know, Scott, you know, I, I just read this whole um, little article on how our how brains are changing with screen time, and um, kids born mm-hmm. after 1970, let's see, 19, no, after 1985, 1984, something like that, um, the structure of their brains apparently is changing to where they have less attention span, um, a much shorter attention span, and I don't know how they tested this, but the ability to feel compassion is much less than the older generation, like all of us who um, weren't raised on screen time. So it's, it's you know, the, the discussion was yeah. what's going to happen next because the brains of, of, of the young people spending so much time on the screen are changing and evolving and they have this kind of connect global connected feeling to them. And so much of their lives is lived on the screen on the internet, um, but you know it's it's a real different thing. It's a real different way of experiencing yeah. life than um, than not yeah. having all that time on the screen. Well, that I, I don't even know how to touch that. That yeah, way too deep. Um, but I, I do think that is true. I think you know. Something as simple as the authenticity of something that's so raw, like paint and pastel and sculpting. You know, things that are done with your hands are not perfect. Uh-huh. Everything on our screen, everything on our phones, everything just looks and seems so well put together. But uh-huh. life is not that way. No, it's not. Uh-huh. I think when we when we start when we start painting, we need to share that raw authenticity. I think that's really important. Um, that needs to be there. It doesn't have to be, you know, contrived. It doesn't have to be, you know, trying to be perfect. It, it's trying to make a statement, make a commitment to what you feel you love and put that on canvas, put it on paper if you're a writer. It's so it makes life, I think. I mean, life is just, it's, there's an art in life. It's not just finding a new way just for the sake of a new way. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I I need to stop myself right now. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I was just thinking about your oh I'm sorry Linda about uh people's personal lives coming into their paintings how they're feeling um being expressed in their paintings besides just painting what is in front of you but your emotions about the scene and and where you are in your life so I guess that's constantly evolving uh yes so I'm sorry, what's your question? Oh, I, it was just a statement. I was just thinking um, statement? Yep. How, yeah. okay. how your personal life and where you are with, with things and what you're painting kind of meld together, your emotions. 
they always have a place together, don't they? I mean, you don't you don't feel like they're gonna, but they somehow find a way. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's a great question. I never thought of that. Yeah. I, there's many things I don't think of. I'm embarrassed about, but that was a good one. <laughs> uh, I, I I don't know how we make our way. I don't know how we do that. I yeah, think we just... Is, it, we, go ahead. Go ahead, Scott. Uh, I was just going to say that I can remember um, I was at a, a workshop, and one of the things that uh, we were instructed to do was pull a word out of a baseball hat. Okay, so it's all folded up. You pull it out. You You weren't allowed to look at what the word was on the paper until you found the spot that you were going to paint. So we all went out and we found our, our spot, and you open up the piece of paper and there was an emotion, a word, like joy or sadness or, you know, elation, whatever, was written on the wow. piece of paper. And then you had to take that subject that you picked for your painting and make sure that that subject reflected that word that you were given. And exactly. I thought that was that, that was probably one of the most, favorite exercises that I actually had at, an, at a workshop recently. And it, it was, it, it's very, very hard because, you know, you're walking, up to, yeah. you're walking up to the subject and you're thinking, oh, I love this subject. It's giving me all this X, Y, Z emotion. And then all of a sudden you pull another word and it says sadness and you're like, what, but wait, I don't feel sad. <laughs> I feel happy. <laughs> so it so was really kind of, it was. Did it have more than one word? Okay. No, you've got one Just word. Okay. Yeah, you just got you just had one word. So you know, it's kind of okay. like, okay, so now how would I how would I paint the scene in front of me? If, you know, I'm I'm sat here and selected it because it, you know, it was beautiful. It made me feel like, you know, it transcended me. Whatever the whatever the feeling is that you're there, and then all of a sudden I, you know, it seemed like I always pulled the opposite word of what I was feeling for the subject that I was looking at. It was like, well, okay, now how do I portray this? you know, it's totally opposite of what the feeling was that it gave me. So you, you stood there and sold searched for a while to try and figure out how you were going to do that. And um, it, so it kind of got you, it's a really good exercise to get you in touch with, you know, what, what you're feeling. So that's, we're trying to put a motion in. That's huge. Yeah. That is huge. That's everything about painting. I mean, again, you're communicating and you're trying to say, now, what is it that I want to portray? Is it... Yeah. A lot of color, everything's life, everything's lovely, or there's a little bit of both, or or there's a little bit of a dark side to our life. And um, I I think all of it's true, and I think I've never been a pessimist or an optimist. I think it's right in the middle. I think mm-hmm. you have to look for what you want and try to portray that. And that that was shown so obviously through the Russians. They're such great painters, and uh, they definitely picked a topic, and it came through. Uh, they did. They had a impact, and it. I, I don't. I don't even know how to say it. They just. They said what they wanted to say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it. I I really do believe that putting a bit of emotion into something is such a hard challenge for 
for all this. And of course, yeah. we know when we do it. You know, you know when you nailed it, <laughs> and you know when you don't. So it's just, yeah, it's and it it's putting yourself out there. So yeah, I, mean, I think that's yeah. true. I uh, actually miss a lot of my thought I nailed, but. Um, <laughs> I, you know, you wake up the next day and you go, what happened? And, you know, I really <laughs> didn't think it looked like that. But, but that's... So, do you scrape them off? Do I what? Do you scrape them off when you wake up the next morning and go, what was I thinking? First thing I do in the morning is get coffee. <laughs> I, I think I need coffee in the morning. You don't look at it, the eyes are open, huh? <laughs> And then I then I go straight to the studio and it's only two minutes. And I get there and I look at the thing and I say, okay, scrape or no scrape. Um, the best gut reaction I have is the very first one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I I go with that one. But I definitely scrape paintings all yeah, the time. It's liberating, isn't it? That and necessary, yeah, it's necessary yeah. to coming up with a good painting. You you need to keep doing it, keep doing it. Sometimes it, you just do it over and over and over. And the painting can go through an ugly stage, many ugly stages, and then finally come out. Um, but people don't want to go through that part because they say, oh, it, it just got worse. It's bad, so let's <laughs> abandon it. Yeah. And we don't need to abandon it then. It's just the idea, if the idea is there, you just keep going at it, you know. Mm-hmm. Keep going at it because it's yep. there. Yeah. Don't, don't get to too attached it. to it. Yeah, don't get too attached yeah, to it. Nothing exactly. Just... <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, That's great. Yeah, I had a conversation with someone in my class this morning. I was teaching this morning, and, and it, was, it was really kind of interesting because I said to her, I said, oh, this is really going to turn out great. I can see where you're going with this, you know. And it was really kind of interesting because she comes back and she goes, I liked it better last week. And I looked at her and I said, well, you do know that it goes through a cycle of I like it, I don't like it, I like it, I don't like it, I like it, I don't like it. And hopefully we end up with I like it. And she was like, right. oh, okay. <laughs> she walked off and I was like, okay, that's good. <laughs> so, But it's so yeah. true. I mean, I I can think about it in my own painting. You know, it's like I really don't like that. And I may pick up a you know, palette knife and scrape it off, but um, which may be the difference, but right. there are stages all the way through. And Linda, haven't you? Okay, I can't see you guys. I'm talking to Linda. Yes. <laughs> right? Yes, that was me. Yes. Okay. I know there's a southern accent, which I haven't heard from much. And Barbara. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, Linda, do you do you find yourself? Oh, I'm not. Oh, sorry. I can't say that on the screen. Um, do you do you find yourself just going, wow? Everything is changing all the time in this painting. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, you know, uh, but I don't let that scare me. I try not to let it scare me. Um, I actually like That's the transformation. Hell, I mean. that it goes yeah, I, mean, I actually like the trans- transformation that it goes through. Um, as hard as I try to, like, control it or, or to be really, really technical, I typically don't like what comes out if I 
if I'm not if I'm too technical with it. You know, it, it just looks yep. like a well executed painting versus you know something that has a lot of heart and soul to it. Um, so I try to yeah, do a lot of technical yeah. stuff before I even get to the canvas, before I put my brush up, so that I know the direction I'm going in. But I'm not necessarily, you know, doing a paint by number type of painting, if that makes sense. Like, you know, okay, I've got it drawn all up on my, you know, screen, and I have to do this value here because that's the value that I put there. You know, I try to do that in sketchbooks and drawings prior to getting to. Um, the actual canvas. Right. Right. Nice. I don't know if that answered your question, well, you, Scott, but... No, you have to. I mean, you have to do that. Emotions are in there, but... And you have to do the technical as well. And what I love about looking at Soroya when he started his mm. paintings, you could see the the rawness of it, the the technical, so to speak, too. And right. then it would change. But finally the emotion well, the emotion of it came in early. He's anyway, uh, we don't even go there. He's amazing. And the way he yeah. painted and and look at Anders Zorn. You look at him and you go Okay, so you have Black, red, yellow, over, and white, mm-hmm. and those three primaries, which are not primaries, in my mind, um, mm-hmm. worked so well for him. He obviously added color at times, different colors, but it's all about harmony. And that, what I love most about Zorn's work is that um, the harmony. Did you? It was uh, Rob Cupolo who talks about Italians, Italian Cicero that uh, Vivaldi's Italian Cicero he reproduced took him ten years. Hmm. Wow! And in that, in those ten, in those ten years, he was very articulate with this whole thing, and, and it, it was amazing. The guy talked about too much too much harmony causes boredom. Too much variety causes chaos. Mm-hmm. And you listen to this and you go, who can break this down? Really? And so yeah. I listened to it and listened to it and listened to it and it's, it was great. It was, it was great fun. And I still re-listen all the time because I, I'm trying to learn. I'm not there. It's it's interesting to hear you say that you're not there because, and I, and I hear that I hear that so many times from everybody is, and it's so much to reinforce that it's a continual exploration and learning process. Yeah. Or life. Yes, it is. Life. Yep. It's not even a process. It's life. Yes. It's it's the way of life for you. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So, Scott, Blanche, um, I know Blanche. Blanche. Yeah. Okay. Oh, I'm sorry, Linda. <laughs> I was no, go ahead. I was going to answer. Yeah. Go on. Um, 
we, we've touched on this a little bit, but let's talk about a minute about uh, fear versus being excited to paint something new. When we come up with a new idea, um, there could be that little nagging voice in the back of our head saying, um, "You can't do that," or, or "No one, no one's going to like it." Um, but what what it really comes down to is having an open attitude to things, not prejudicing the idea and allowing yourself to explore. Um, right. Do you agree with that? Do uh, how how do you proceed with coming out with new ideas, jumping into new well, things? You have, well, you have to explore, and you have to. Those new ideas are everything. I mean, there's there's been so many things painted in life and how do you represent it and how do you make it look artistic and casual mm-hmm. and that, those are the words of Edgar Payne so how do you make it look artistic and casual and you say you know it still has to, it still has to have a casual view when you look at it, you got to look at it and go, it's not over the top, but so artistic that it doesn't matter what the topic is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not too stiff. <clears throat> well, I love well, exploring um, with new, new color palettes. I think that's a lot of fun. Uh, using limited yeah. palettes, uh, but... Uh, just exploring it seems to give uh paintings uh different feelings with the different color yep. palettes yes and and I add colors all the time people don't, they don't know that you know nobody would know you're, that but uh, you're constantly I'm changing in, your palette oh yes, yes mhm you know I was at a point where I thought, well, these are gonna work, and these are gonna work because Andrew Zorn did it, and it's all about harmony. And I understand that, but when you want to reach a color, you can't reach it sometimes. Mm-hmm. And yeah. when yeah. you reach it to that color, it brings a whole new meaning to having to make it harmonize with everything else. Mm-hmm. Because you've now stretched it. You've stretched it out. Yeah. yeah, so then you've got the challenge of making it harmonize. The yes, yes. That's a whole new challenge. Every time you add colors, you have a whole new, how can I harmonize this? Mm-hmm. Yep. I, Scott, I is your know. plain air palette different than your studio palette? No. No? It's exactly the same? I, I throw more stuff at my plein air palette. Um, oh. Yeah, I just I'm experimenting all the time out there. Oh, okay. To you know, need I need I'm always pushing, always pushing. How much variety can I get and still make it work? And uh, you know, not over. Variety, so it's boring, or that is so extravagant. I'm sorry, um, but to subordinate when I need to, and how to enhance more important things, and that's 
huge in painting. Um, yes, that's it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I'll try that. Yeah. Barbara? Yeah, I'm a- well, Scott, what suggestions would you give us to um, to start to generate new ideas? And then I, you know, we're, asking, we're talking about new ideas, and I even want to know what what do you think a new idea is? And so part of this question is, you know, do you look at some of your old studies and combine them? Um, do you discuss with, uh, you know, other discussions with other artists lead you to try something new, a new composition? I know you break the rules, but um, yeah. what suggestions would you give us to generate new ideas? And, and, you know, what do you consider a new idea? Well, Um, I'm trying to have a good idea, a new idea, and uh, it's all about the palette, the palette, the color choices, the value choices. Okay. But then, how do you make it work? You know, yeah. you know, work and rework and rework. And what I'm learning is that I, uh, I'm oftentimes disgruntled with um, how it's going at the start. Mm-hmm. But I, I finally get there. And if I finally get there, I, I've got a couple of paintings I'm working on now. That One is um, it's called, uh, I can't even, let's see, I see a pale moon rising. Mm-hmm. And the other one is um, fading, no, I can't remember what, what it's called, I must be. I didn't write it down. But anyway, fading to evening or something like that. Uh, those I've worked on for probably, I don't know, a, a total of a year. And the old okay. Russian painters, and the old Russian painters used to do that. They had an assignment to do that, to paint and paint and paint, to rework these, rework these until they get what they want. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm finally finding that I uh, I did one or two of my favorite paintings, and one is fading to evening or fading to whatever I said. I don't even know the name. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Fading to still. Fading to still is what it's called, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel more surprising. But mm-hmm. I just. Uh, I've worked over them so much that you wouldn't... It's not about doing layers to me. It's about, I don't... I want to disguise, again, the technique. No technique in there. I want you to see the raw painting. And then when you look at it, my goal is for you to look at it and go, how did you do that? Yeah. But that's... I know that's bizarre, but that's what I am. Mm-hmm. I lost you all. I lost you all. So, we're here. No, no. so you you sort of cover up your footprints as you as you paint. Your um, so you can't see exactly how you approached it. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. That too. That too. I'm not that neat. I can't. I can't figure out anything. That's, that's what's so hard neat. about a conversation like this when you can't. Look at the painting you're talking about. Yeah. 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 It's really a visual yeah. subject. 
<laughs> it I want to see it. <laughs> you can probably you can probably see it on the website, but I I don't ever get on my website, so I don't know what's there. But Casey is awesome at getting stuff on there. I bet it's on there somewhere. Okay. Somehow. Yeah. But uh, Casey uh, is great, by the way. Yeah, I enjoyed working with Casey. Um, setting yes. things up with Casey. She's, she's very, 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 very good. Very helpful for you, I'm sure. Absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. Um. We are actually doing great on time. We've got about um, a little bit of time left. So what I'm going to do, one of the other things, Scott, when we talked about doing this show um, back in in April, which ended up getting postponed till now because Blog Talk Radio had a a problem with their website that night that we were supposed to talk with you, we also talked on the phone about talking about the artist's life. and right. I um, thought that uh, actually I have down in the in my little outline here, Blanche, that you were going to ask um, the first question when we start talking about leading an artist's life or living an artist's life. Yeah. 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 You want me to go ahead? Yes. Yeah, uh-huh. you go ahead. Okay. Joel, uh, well, just tell us a, a typical day in, in your life, Scott, in your artist's life. um what are you usually dealing with day to day? How long do you paint, and um, or do you paint every day? I don't. No, I used to. I used to paint every day, all the time. Uh, mm-hmm. Once I finally, you, you have you're only as good as what you know about your medium. You know, your medium dictates everything. But man, I got to tell you that idea is so profound you can't mm-hmm. you know just I mean it can be a simple subject but it has to be done well and so it's how you do it it's always how you do it you know, It it's really easy to talk about but hard to explain really to explain it to a point that you understand that in life, you know, you have to, you've had to have gone through things in your life that are harsh mm-hmm. to know what in the world are you trying to say. And then when you do something that's kind of moody, or I've had nocturnes or some moon scene or whatever, but people love them or hate them. I, I don't care. I just have to do it. Mm-hmm. But they they look at them and they're like, why did you do that? It's offending me almost, you know. It's almost like you're getting into politics. They look at and go, whoa. Yeah. It's not working for me. And I'm like, yeah, it's all right. I don't care. I don't, I don't yeah. care, but interesting and then the next person is beautiful so you know you don't know what people think and you don't know you you can't paint for them you're trying to paint for what you're trying to get out what you're trying to evoke the emotion you're trying to get the sense of place the yeah the where we are 
Here we are. Mm-hmm. I guess that goes back a little bit to what we were discussing earlier, the uh, um, being excited to paint new things and not being afraid of, of what the reaction will be to that, just painting for yourself. Exactly. Yeah. If I tried to paint for anybody else, it wouldn't work. <laughs> it couldn't happen. Um, painting for somebody else would be... Uh, they want this tree there. That that's my grandma's tree. Well, not necessarily, but that, it's <laughs> sort of like that. And when you do that, you just um, you can't you can't organize or design. Well, actually, you can. Um, I should say, I correct myself. The great <laughs> illustrators in history were able to do that. I'm not that good. <laughs> well, Scott, I know you have an, a background as an athlete. You're very disciplined, and I'm sure you're very disciplined with your, your painting also. Yeah. I um, think I am. Painting, yeah. painting a lot and um, expecting a lot of yourself. Yeah. Um, I hope so. Yeah, I, but I'm not doing it in a dogmatic way as much as I'm understanding that it needs to be a slow process. Um, uh, Scotty Powers. Do you know Scott Tallman Powers? Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yes, yeah. Great painter. He he finally looked at my work and when he said, you're trying to bury your technique, I can tell you what you're doing. Right? That was freaking out. I was doing this for about a year. And uh, when he said that, I thought, geez, it gave me comfort. I didn't mm-hmm. know I was trying to bury the technique. And I know we've already talked about this a little bit, but I, I just, uh, I can't tell you how important it was to hear that mm-hmm. from a friend and somebody I really believe in. He doesn't, he's not just a great painter. He's very good at, at uh, communicating. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And as painters, we we used to a non. Well, I should say, as painters, we're used to people not talking language. And right. Scotty was just so good at that. He's just, and he said, "You are doing what you need to do." I'm like, I don't say that to me. You <laughs> <laughs> bullshit me, man. You bullshit me, man. I know you are. I know you are. Don't be hiding under that, you know. Um, but You're messing but with my if mind. I didn't trust God, I wouldn't. I wouldn't know. Yeah. 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 But, uh, well, I've pulled yeah. up on on the website. I see a pale moon rising, and there it is. And it's incredible. And I just, you know, was wondering, as you're working on that and developing that emotion, um, and you come to the you come to the easel, a new man every day. Is there some way that you like connect with yourself to get? I don't even know how to to keep to keep that emotion of that painting going day after day, or as you're working on it, to keep that developing. Is there 
what do you do to keep that focus? And stay away from it. Okay. Is it any different than an artist, than an actor staying in character through the whole filming? Is it that type of thing, Scott, where you don't think about your next painting until you've yep. lived yeah. that painting? But but I have to stay away from it because I I don't know. I have to have this painting speak to me. Okay. Um, when I come back to it, it's got to be a okay. Uh, understand what I need to adjust. It's not it's not just a handover. You know mm-hmm. you you know I want to I want to get that gut reaction, but. If I stare at that thing too long, you guys, I, I mean, I can convince myself of anything. It's brilliant, it's this or that, or or it's got all the qualities that I think might need to be in the painting. Mm-hmm. But uh, in all reality, when I look at that first glance, that's going to be the thing I need to adjust. Right. And I do it, and I do it, and I do it, that and I do sense. it. Yeah, yeah, I've heard that from other painters, too, and they're... Um, that their your first impression is probably the correct impression. The more yeah. you look at it, you start second guessing it and you get off track. Yeah. Oh my God, man! I can find all kinds of ways to try to like myself, but it it doesn't work. <laughs> yeah, that's good advice. I don't know. I don't know about that. First gut response. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, Scott, what advice can you give us um, or that we should be focused on to bring us closer to living an artist's life or to be more successful in our careers? It looks like it's a, more of a two-point question. But just to live an artist's um, life. What was that last one? Um what to bring us closer to living an artist's life or to be more successful in our careers? Man, I don't I have no idea. Um, you just, I have no idea. You have to just find your way. You have to live the life of aesthetics, things that you love, mm-hmm. things, that are, things that are aesthetic to you. And why? You know, I, I can look at Frank Lloyd Wright and Craftsman style furniture and uh, blown glass. I mean, you name it. I mean, those all all those things really come into play. Mm-hmm. But what I can say is that uh, just keep your mind open to all the things that come to you and. Don't let it go. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Yeah. Um, Scott, I want to. I was out also looking at your website, and um, I want to ask a question that that we didn't actually. Of course, it would be nothing new because we've been doing this through the whole show, asking you questions that we didn't send to you originally. But um, can you? you you're very strong in design. You're very strong in composition. Um, and what what I was wondering is, 
can you give our listeners some of the books that you've studied over the years that you find useful um, that aided you in this in getting to that the place that you are now with the strong design and strong composition? Are there any particular books? Um, man, that's a great question. <laughs> Which you probably don't have an answer for because it's start in front of you, right? Yeah. <laughs> I know. I know. Design is by feel. It, it's by feel, but, but, I mean, start looking at the outside of your... Okay, I'm not going to get into this. It, it goes too long. Books? Um, <laughs> man. I think we just missed some incredible pro wisdom there. I know. And it's like, oh, man. You can go there, Scott. <laughs> We're gonna yeah, have to make it to it. I don't know. You got it. You got it. It's visual, you know. I can't do it over this. this I just uh, the interesting thing is that you got to learn to see opposition. You got to learn to see the tangents. You got to learn to see when you're actually. That's the biggest part of composition. You have mm-hmm. to learn to see those things. You have to learn to see the things that are repetitive. The mm-hmm. things that are uh, the opposites, you know, or how do you how do you counterbalance a certain weight yeah. in the paintings? And that weight might be light or dark, and it might be a hard edge or a soft edge, and I it might be opposite. It's usually the opposition at the other end of the painting, mm-hmm. and uh, hard to describe, but. Uh, well, I just went into what we shouldn't talk about because we need visuals. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> you need visuals. Yeah, you yeah. need visuals. But no, you actually you described yeah. that really well. Yeah, I think so too. I, what I mean, my follow-up question would be around um, you know, one of the things that, and, and our listeners have heard this I don't know how many times, but one of the things that I always have open and ready you know, dovetail, whatever you want to dogtail, whatever you call it, um, is Edgar Payne's composition, which yeah. is page 117 yeah. in the composition book. I know the page. So, so yeah, you know, I, have like I have those, those whole, right, and I copied them too and take them out to, with me and so that I have a, all the different composition choices there in front of me while I'm going to try to design my, my artwork. It doesn't always work, but... You know, at least I, I, right. I have it there in front of me so that I can start to think about those things. Um, right. and, and I guess right. I, that's kind of like where I was going with the question was, is that is there anybody else besides pain maybe that you've looked at that you think is strong in composition too? So, but you answered, you answered the question fine. Go absolutely. Ahead. There, there are many. But uh, what I would say about Edgar Payne's book, uh, what I love about it mm-hmm. is that he he tries to show you great composition and how it works. Mm-hmm. But what I love most, what I love most about Edgar Payne's book and composition is what not to do. Mm-hmm. Things mm-hmm. and there's a section called things to be avoided. Yeah, big deal. That's what big I have deal. in my backpack. <laughs> Yeah, you carry around that one. That's the one. <laughs> yeah, I avoided. think we've all and got extra paint with us. And you yeah. know, scattered objects, and you know, and it goes on and on. Yeah. But, you know, you can't do an 
I'm sorry, it's not just an S S composition. Uh-huh. Not just a triangle composition. If you try to do that it's it's corny. Yeah. Right. You have to you have to find a way to do it that is disguised a bit, you know? Yeah. And that S is Not really only. disguised. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, if you do it too when, technically it it does it looks staged. Yeah. Oh they put their tree exactly there. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, just my opinion. That's all. I'm gonna have to pull my Carl uh, um, Edgar Payne book out again. Yeah, it's a good one. I, I, yeah. I definitely wanted that, to ask you that question, Scott. And, uh, I don't know. I, now that you got me, I'm like sitting here thinking, what's the next generation of blog talk radio where we can, you know, include videos? <laughs> but um, yeah. that's a look into that. It but is. We're gonna difficult. go. Discuss all this. Yeah. Yeah. So um, we're going to go around. This is we're at the time where we go around and we ask our last question. So Blanche, you have a last question for Scott? Oh, um, yeah. I think it's a question we left out earlier. Uh, It's just about uh, your your work in the studio, the larger canvases. Um, Can you tell us what size canvases you work on with your plein air painting? And um, and then how you look like you, your studio paintings can be very large. Tell us a little bit about yeah. that. Um, I think ugly is one thing, but big and ugly is a really bad idea. <laughs> um, so what I try to do for me is just try to try to do something that's aesthetic and and it's appealing and. I want to do it in a large scale because it's really hard. Mm-hmm. Um, you can't get yeah. away with a brush stroke in there. You have to understand what's happening. What, mm-hmm. What's going on in that shadow? What's going on in that light? Now, you can't make that up at a bigger scale. You, you have to understand it. And uh, so I, I love trying those larger scale things, but... Uh, I don't know. I just I have to do different just because I need to. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I don't know if I answered that, Blanche. What, what else would you like to know? Well, do you sometimes combine several of your studies um, that you've painted at a certain location to to do a larger piece in the studio? You do. Yes. Yes. One might be a higher key, one might be a lower key. Mm-hmm. And I'll take the rocks and shadow and certain one and the light of the sky, another one, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and try to make that work. And uh, and I can see that it's going to work, but I have to combine them. So there are multiple studies combined into one. Okay. And that's that's exactly what studies I think are for, but uh, that's me. And Linda, can I ask one more question? <laughs> when um oh, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> uh, how long when you're painting outdoors, doing the plein air paintings? Uh, how long do you typically spend on one? I know some scenes like sunsets are very rushed, um, but. Uh, 
how long do you typically spend? Typically 20 minutes. Wow. Wow. Um, That's fast. Yeah, I'm trying to get the information quickly. Mm-hmm. I'm not trying to. I'm not trying to make a painting. I'm trying you're to not trying to compose. And, yeah, I'll, not trying. You're just trying to catch the, yeah, the color notes. And, yeah. <clears throat> well, I'd rather. I'd rather have five, four or five twenty-minute studies mm-hmm. than something I'm trying to make a painting of because I can get. Information like it's a different key, it's a different temperature, it's a different this, different that, and then I get to work with it. Mm-hmm. If I get to work with that, I mean, I, I've got way more information. Mm-hmm. So I want the information so I can try to do those things. Well, that's a great thought. So standing there trying to make a great painting, you're 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 getting the information. Uh, I'd like to make a great painting, but I'm just not able. Nope, not that good. <laughs> oh, there's no, there's no hope for me. <laughs> well, thank you. Quit oh. <laughs> it. Okay, it's just, really yeah, that's good. Me. That's my approach. My approach. That's all it is. It's a, I want to yeah. get the idea together. That's all. Yeah. You, know, you guys are. I mean, not, nobody's wrong trying to make paintings out there. I and when I get close to. To a painting, and I think, oh, I've got him there, I'm there, I'm there. Okay, then I'll try to work toward that finish, but I really don't want to overlook it. I want to lose that information. The information is what I'm out there for. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if I and lose the information, that, you mean the color notes and color value, everything. And you guys know more than anybody. One touch here, one touch there, and everything's gone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You, you know what? the hell just happened mm-hmm. and I lost everything and I don't know where it went so I want to get the information first mm-hmm. well that's great information to uh, right to hear from you that you're you're working on paintings for maybe 20 minutes that that gives me another uh, outlook well, I that would, about that yeah, differently I don't not commonly. I do 20 minutes a lot, but um, I I love to I, I expand that, but I'm, I'm saying that 20 minutes is not unusual for me. Mm-hmm. So I, I like it or don't like it, you know. Mm-hmm. I like where I'm going, and I do like where I'm going. And I'll start over. Well, that's great information for me to have. Yeah. Barbara, you have a last question or a statement? Um, yeah, I think I'm more of a of a statement, more of an experience of um, being in a workshop with Scott and working on um, a small piece, just to study and really just trying to gather the information. My experience as a student was it was really profound because he came up and he caught me doing um, caught me right in the middle of a common um, mistake that I make, and I felt like he was able to see the whole thing 
you know, right through my eyes, and then I could see it more closely through his eyes. But what I had done is I had changed the value of a, of a rock under the water. I'd lightened it too much. And then I went around trying to make all the other values relate to this false note. And <laughs> not realizing that's what I had done, then I started to work some stuff into the bank and make some moves. And, and I don't know if you remember this, Scott, but you caught me right in the act of doing that. <laughs> and it was one of the oh, most okay. profound teaching moments. I was really teachable and very struggling right then. But, but to work with Scott as a teacher is an amazing experience like that because, you know, you're you're out there being very vulnerable, responding to the scene, um, trying to put it all together and get the information. And then the experience of having him as a teacher come and, and kind of catch you right in the middle of maybe a characteristic, um, for me, a false note that I wasn't even aware I was doing and, and that that may be where a whole painting could could go south right there. And then to just become aware of that as, um, you know, something that I do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We all do it. We all do it. We panic That's and reassuring. we throw stuff. We, we panic and we throw stuff at the canvas and we try to make it work and it's like, oh, okay, that didn't work at all. And yeah. we just constantly throw stuff at it. At the very end, you, you guys know what I'm talking about. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you don't know where you went wrong. Yeah. Well, yeah. and you kept talking at that point. It's like, well, you, I had focused so much on this one color and this one scene, and I was making the relationships work in about two square inches of that canvas, but it wasn't working with the whole painting anymore. And and the whole message yeah. was really to slow down that that tempo and and make it relate to the whole painting. Um, and I hadn't realized yeah. I, you know, hadn't, but. But I did then. It was a huge lesson for me. Mm-hmm. Well, then you you had a whole painting working, and then you tried to jump it. You know, that, we all do that. You know, we try mm-hmm. to jump it up, jump it up, jump it down. Whatever we're trying to do, going to move it though. We're going to move it. And we're going to make a big move, and that mm-hmm. move might change everybody's life. Might like what? Whoa! You know, <laughs> you just don't need to. Just don't yeah. Mm-hmm. And we think we do. We think we do. Yeah. Did he do that, Barbara? From no. from across the meadow, did he yell, "No, Barbara, stop!" <laughs> no. And he came up no. right up behind me. And said, "What are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> what did you do that for?" <laughs> yeah, I'm a little more subtle than that, Linda. I, I try to be anyway. <laughs> hey, what, no, what, had, what's I happening there? What's happening there? I know. I, well, you feel it. really exposed, you know. <laughs> well, I had an instructor that would do that. They'd come across the room and say, wait, 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 no, 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 back away from the canvas. It was like, you know, oh my God, somebody have a gun? What's going on? Right, <laughs> so when right. So you said that, I was like, that that person jumps back into my mind, so. <laughs> Help that, yeah. Anyway, it was just a big thank you to Scott as a great teacher. Yeah. Oh, thanks, Yeah, thank you. Yeah, you're a great painter. It's easy to critique great painting. Yeah. So, okay, so what's what's coming up for Scott? I'm almost afraid to ask that question because of how we started out with the workshop part at the beginning of this, but... (laughs) 
What do you know what's coming yeah. up for Scott? <laughs> I do. I do. What's up with them? What's I'm share? trying to I'm trying to disguise berry technique in my painting. And mm-hmm. um so the just comes out as raw authenticity of, of paint. And that's what I want. I don't want it to be just contrived and I don't know how to word it. I just want I want people to look at it and say, What how'd they do that? You know, how do you do that? But uh anyway, I just it's it's personal. It's one of those things you go, Wow. Yeah. What am I doing? Yeah. Yeah, I, I think I, I think know. When people, kind of... when people told me, they said, you know, I, I can see your work across the room. I'm like, yeah, jeez, I don't want that. And <laughs> even though I'm doing this other stuff, they still can see it. So we can't get away from my handwriting, you know. <laughs> right. <laughs> we want to. Right. Yeah, right. I mean, and one of the one of the things that um, you know I've been thinking about, and I think it's where you're thinking about too, is I don't want the person, the viewer, whether they're a painter or whether they're an art collector or whether they're somebody that knows absolutely nothing about art, standing there saying, "How did they do that?" That's not what I want them saying about my paintings. What I want them saying about my painting is, I want them to feel the painting, not be standing there and dissecting it with what how I did something. Right. It, right. It, it, yeah. So I, I you know that's a hard thing to get to because most of the folks that look at our art is our art are artists and they want to know how you did it. But you know that I want to get beyond that point too. So I kinda know what you're what you're saying. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So okay. Oh, so do you have any uh any parting advice for all of us out here? Um, live life. There you go. <laughs> that works <it>. for me. <laughs> so, Scott, um, I just want to say thank you. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, you go. No. You go. No, because I was going to end the show. So give us the last parting. <laughs> I already, did. I already did. I already did. All right. Thanks, you guys. I. <laughs> Love you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Well, thank you for being so Yeah, okay. th- thank you very much. I've been actually scanning uh, Facebook and, uh, and and looking at some comments, and folks have been finding this very helpful. Is that your dog? <laughs> yeah, it's my dog. Sorry about that. Oh, Aww. there's Molly. That's uh, okay. <laughs> yeah, a little bit of noise. He's excited to see you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, so yeah, so I've been looking at some comments on Facebook and and different things like that. Some emails that have been sent to me while we were doing the show, and people have found what you've said okay. very very helpful. So I wanted to tell you that as well. So um, oh, thank you again. We we've enjoyed having you on here, and um, hopefully you'll come back and join us again sometime. That we didn't scare you off too much this time. <laughs> Not at all. Not at all. All right. Okay. Love you guys. And Take care. Thank you. Yeah, take care, Scott. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in.
Yep. See you later, Scott. Thanks, everyone, for right. tuning in. And our next show is on August 15th with Joe McGurl and Michael Pierce. And uh, until that time, keep painting and keep exploring. Talk to you later, all. and Take care. All right. <laughs>